Welcome back to SideQuest. My name is Dan Curtis. It is the 19th of December 2021 and joining me today, the man himself with his stupid head and his deaf face, it's Eric Peterson. Good day. Good day to you, sir. How are you? I'm quite tired. You're looking absolutely exhausted. I look a bit <laughs> disheveled. Got a blanket a on. It's a. It's you could be disheveled if you tried. You've got a bald head. I can look disheveled if I want to. <laughs> yes, but most people, when they're disheveled, have like crazy looking hair. But or... you see, that's where it, it, it. If I look disheveled, that's how you know it's real bad because it takes more effort oh, for okay. me to look disheveled. Right, so like the perfect time to record a podcast, really, when you just. I'm not sure if you're disheveled or jizzing yourself there. There's a difference? <laughs> I mean, you could do both at the same time if you really wanted to. Oh, dear. I need to do this. Hold on. There you go. Oh, God, that's bright. No, that's too much. Right, I, I'm out. <laughs> Is it, do I need to turn the light <laughs> Guys, off? Just to be thank- thankful you couldn't see that. That's all I'm saying. I didn't do anything bad yet. So, um, we've had a really big, long hiatus from um, side quests. Oh when was the last one? You know, this is, it, it pains me to say it's been longer than I know. Mm. I'm trying to pull it yeah, up now, um, but, you know, things are slow. I'm slow. Everything is slow. Let's if you have only listened to side quests and you haven't listened to Factory Sealed Retro, I don't know how many people actually do that. Uh, there is a reason for that. Um, probably listen to the last episode of Retro because we don't want to get into it all again. Right. I don't think. Right. Um, but uh, basically, shit's been happening. You know? Shit's life happens. been happening, he says. Life, life, life happens, you know? Like, you just got a gun with the flan. Gun, <laughs> gun with the flan. <laughs> I said flour as instead instead of floor. Like but a, yeah, gone, gone, gone with the flan. <laughs> is that like the Final Fantasy version of Just, Gone with the Wind? Gone with the flan? Yes. Uh oh. I read like lightning. You've gone with the flan again. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> Why I like lightning? You're gone with the flan. Lightning? Why are you such a shit character? Hey, I didn't know where you got three games. <laughs> you know, I saw an article. Speaking of Final Fantasy thirteen, too, I saw an article that the the headline was the best Final Fantasy thirteen game finally coming to Game Pass, and it was thirteen two. I had flashbacks. They weren't pleasant. Make, make my wish come true. <laughs> of exactly that. <laughs> And moves like you stagger. Know you know what? You know what, um, Eric? Um, so if you don't, if you're unfamiliar with this story, basically when Final Fantasy 13 came out, me and him, we were going through our phase of playing lots of different games together online, and uh, we would just randomly sing that track from Final Fantasy 13, Make, Make My, my wish, come wish Come True, come just true, in the in the worst way possible. Well, and it would just and, become this um, thing of like trying to just shoehorn it into a conversation wherever possible to get the other person to break. <laughs> but then it drifted into other variations of uh, different songs, like, uh, what was it, Rune 5's Moves Like Jagger? 
Yeah. And it turns um, into. There's a stagger mechanic in um, Final Fantasy 13. So every time we stagger something, we go, moves like stagger. <laughs> Got the moves like. We were, we were special uh, folk back then. We still are. We still are. It still um, makes me laugh. You know what? I um, I had a hankering to play Final Fantasy 15 again. Ooh, I would like to go back. I have the Royal Edition, which has that has all the DLC, right? Yes, I installed that. You know what? Actually, I went back to it and I played it for about an hour. I was like, you know what? I can really remember this. I, I put it down again, but I bring it up because I don't know if you can remember, but when you're driving around in the car, you can play the soundtrack from different mm-hmm. Final Fantasy games. And what came on first? Moves like stagger. Make my make my wish come true. And I was laughing my head off because it's just so ridiculous. You know, I wanted since we're on the topic of Final Fantasy, which apparently that's all we ever talk about. That and Zelda. Yeah. According to one, not much Zelda news though. Yeah, there isn't. So we got to just like double up on the Final Fantasy. Otherwise, we'll have nothing to talk about. I really was hoping to have finished Final Fantasy 13 by the end of this year because I started it during lockdown oh my god have you dropped that again oh i got to the same point i did before except a little bit further like i got to grand pulse when it really starts to open up and you have side quests and missions and <sighs> i was really into it i was really digging the story i was loving the characters loving the world and then i got to grand pulse and went eh, far enough <laughs> why i don't it's the know best part it's the best part of the game i kind of just want to pick it up and like <laughs> just finish it because i feel like i'm really close to the end of the story what really pushed me to drop off though was i was in the process of trying to get their ultimate weapons and i was looking through what i needed to do for that and it was kind of a slog so I'm like, eh. yeah it's a grind and a half on that game you have to i believe believe beat the longui monsters Ooh. to farm trapper trapper hesedron thing trapper he's a he's a trapezoid Majungi. yeah uh, rhombus rhombus uh, <laughs> parallelogram <laughs> uh, yeah and i remember that taking a long time because they're a rare drop so you can fight these monsters which take ages to beat and then you don't get one okay uh you have to do it all over again and again and again. But yeah, I still that have, is the best bit of the game, though. I can't believe you dropped that again. I still have a week and five days to finish. It's not going to happen, though, is it? No, there's too much Warzone to play. <laughs> My God, you've got a problem. I do, dude. Like, it's a sickness. Right. Tell us about the new Warzone map. The new Warzone map dropped a couple weeks ago. Uh, I had early access to it because I had uh, Vanguard, and I'd kind of the one when you get to guard the van. It is, yeah. It's an old van. It's kind of loud, so it's really difficult to guard. So it's a strange thing to build a game around, but okay. You know, the, 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 I feel like the waters are so muddied right now, and it's so saturated that they really have to think outside the box. And I'd love to have been at that round table. Like, man, we really got to take Call of Duty in a new direction. Listen, we're going to guard a van. Listen, that van out there is real fucking loud. They're going to hear us coming. We got to guard it. I can al- I can almost hear the anger building in Mike because I've stolen his joke. Just took the, <laughs> took his power away from him. I know. Just like when I he am. tried to take the power away from us on the uh, What's Death's Door. <laughs> what is Death Store? I don't know. Maybe what is it? I think we could probably talk about that a little later. Yeah, we will talk about that. But keep as on. long as somebody Warzone. knows about it, Warzone. Yeah, Warzone. so I've been playing a ton of the Rebirth Resurgence, 
uh, Scott and I had drifted off of playing the regular map just in favor of Resurgence. It was a little bit more fast-paced, and we were really good at it. Like, we were getting two, three wins a night and just having a freaking blast with it. And then they switched over to the new map, which was kind of a big deal because for the past year and a half, people have been saying, hey, you know, when are we going to get a new map? And they'd revamped Verdansk into like Verdansk 84 where they had this huge storyline where bombs were going off and time loops were happening and just a bunch of weird shit was going on. So with the launch of Vanguard, they said, we're going to have a new map. And on December 8th, they went, boom, new map. Verdansk is gone and they're switching over to Warzone Pacific and it is since Vanguard is set in World War II this is in the Pacific this map is wild I really want you to download it just so you can see how insanely different it is from Verdansk Verdansk was big but there was a lot of open space there was a lot of stuff that was reutilized if you weren't like within the buildings or around um, certain structures then you were pretty well exposed and for the large part it was mostly pretty flat caldera is wildly different it is this huge mountainous island tons of foliage buildings everywhere rocks to hide in valleys rivers waterfalls it's incredibly different very very difficult to spot people the first few rounds were i have no idea what i'm doing like you felt like you're playing this again for the first time because you just don't know the map. You don't know the choke points. You don't know the strategic overlooks. You don't know anything. But we discovered that worked very well to our favor because winning in Warzone is a rarity as it is. Like ma- main game Warzone, it's it's pretty rare. There was about a six month period where we just didn't win. Like it's it's tough. The first night that we'd played on Caldera, we won back to back two games in a row, which pretty uncommon i mean in resurgence i think the most we'd won in a row was three or four in a row but winning on the first night was pretty spectacular but then back to back was even better but this new map is phenomenal it's so large there's so many different styles of area Uh, they've got runways they've added airplanes to the game now which minor deviation and complaint is that they don't allow you to change the controls for the airplane and they are probably some of the worst airplane controls i've ever experienced because like when we played Ace Combat, you know, flight sim games, um, up is down, down is up. You can roll the plane, you can bank it, you can do all this, like an actual plane. Some genius thought it'd be great to make the right stick be how you move, but up is up and down is down, and you can't change it. I love how they play it inverted in a plane, but any other thing... Because that's how you, you fly a plane. When I move my yeah, head... But, but, right, but because I play it inverted... When I play, when I fly a plane in a game, it messes with my brain. Does it? It just doesn't work. Yeah, I don't know why. Like when we used to play Battlefield, I couldn't fly a jet because I just couldn't get my head around it. It's the same concept. I just, I don't know. Just something happens and I can't do it. Oh man, they are the worst controls ever. But the air, the the planes basically serve as constant uavs so you can just spot everyone on the ground for your entire team Uh, they've revamped how they did rebirth so instead of giving you a separate island they said here's the whole island and we just put rebirth on different sections of the island which is really cool because it it gives you the opportunity to like really learn those spots within the island Um, it's it's a blast it's still a really steep learning curve 
I think it's going to take a lot longer to like memorize the map and figure out where everything is. The current mode that's out, they're just forcing you to use Vanguard only weapons, which has been a challenge um, because you don't have them all leveled up and the people that do obviously have a distinct advantage. But as a whole, I've been very, very pleased with it. Yeah, I'll have to give it a go at some point, won't I? I think you will. I definitely. How much bloody space do I need on my hard drive? See, that's the thing. I don't. Mine's not that large anymore. It's like just Warzone is ninety four gigs. Really? Yeah. Oh, finally condensed it down. I think it was so big because before it had like the Modern Warfare multiplayer installs, the yeah. texture packs, all that other crap. I have just uh, Warzone on there now. You still playing on your PS5? I am. Uh, Scott was actually down last weekend and hung out with me for, I think he was down for Thursday through Sunday. And we put another TV in my game room. So I took the one out of our bedroom, drilled it into the wall next to my TV. So we was like we were being 16 again, just sitting there playing games side by side. And I had uh, my my PS4 Pro hooked up with Warzone and, and we just sat there and played games throughout the night. Um, it is a distinct difference, like looking at playing video games, specifically Warzone, on my 55-inch OLED at 120 frames a second, right next to just a 55-inch 4K from the PS4 Pro. You look at it like, my God, what a difference, just in terms of clarity and movement, the refresh rate. Uh, I couldn't go back. So you went basically like Scott went a step further down this second player route where they usually get the shit third party controller ah, you instead see, you give them the shit old TV. That's where you're wrong. With- For him, it was actually an upgrade because he's still playing on a 1080p TV. How is he your friend and you've only let him have a 1080p TV? Listen, not for lack of trying. <laughs> I can imagine. Christ, he must be more stubborn than me. <laughs> I don't think that's possible. Jesus wept. 1080p in 2021? Well, yeah. Yeah. Good Lord, son. Even Dan upgraded. Even Dan upgraded. Even Dan upgraded. Shamed, good sir. Good sir, how dare you? That is an affront. How dare you? Such plebeian television levels. Get that filth out of here. If you do still have a 1080p TV, anyone listening, I do apologize. <laughs> oh, it's time to upgrade. They're, they're perfectly serviceable, but yeah. But get an OLED. Okay, Just get an OLED. Okay, it's nice. Just get an OLED. That's where they're at. But anyway, so, there was a er, there was an update. Last thing about Warzone, there was an update last week that has been driving me insane. This game updates a ton as it is, but we were in the middle of playing. And then it's like, oh, we're just going to update. And the download was like 200 megs. It wasn't that long. Took maybe 30 seconds to download. And then for everybody in our group, it took 45 minutes to copy. No idea why. 45 minutes? 45 minutes to copy the update. And then it caused, and apparently this is a a fairly well-known bug or issue. I thought it was either my, my PlayStation doing something wonky or my TV on the fritz. Every so often, the screen would flicker for like a millisecond black. And it was like somebody was trying to do, um, what's that called? Subliminal advertising, where they would just put like a picture on one frame of like a Pepsi can. 
And if you look really closely, you can kind of see it. But this was fading to black like really quick and then popping back. And it would drive me absolutely fucking nuts. And finally found a thread online of a bunch of people going, oh my God, I thought I was the only one who's experiencing this. Only happened after the last update. Doesn't happen on any other games. And it's super subtle. Like it doesn't affect your play at all. But you just, you're you're sitting there, your brain is like, when's it going to flicker? When's it going to flicker? So you're focusing on that. And then when it happens, you're like, oh yeah, there it is. And it's just annoying as all hell. With the Pepsi can. Pepsi can. But man, the walkouts that are happening at Activision are really affecting the quality of Verdansk and or of uh, Warzone. You you load in yeah. and like text is overlaid on top of each other, shits off skew. It's just it's real bad. I mean, I I think the walkouts are pretty justified, really, with how things are over mm. there apparently. But hundred uh, percent, those QA testers got yeah. so screwed. They were like, "Yeah, we'll convert we'll convert people over to full time," and as a result, they're like, "Ah, we're gonna fire thirty percent of you." <laughs> Okay. I just can't. I can't believe Bobby Kotick is still the CEO. Yeah, and is hanging on. Regardless, he's it's worse than bloody Boris Johnson over here. Christ Almighty! Yeah, but <laughs> that's a topic for. Yeah, I, I don't want to get too much into that because it's an absolute minefield. Yes, it is. It's it, it just I support I support the developers and stuff one hundred percent on this. Right. Yeah, there should be zero tolerance of anything like that in the workplace, listen, as far as I'm concerned. Listen, just want to play, I just want to play my war zone. So if Activision could figure their shit out, start treating their people right so they could make my game better, yeah. I'd appreciate that. Priority, priorities in that, Eric, right? Priorities. <laughs> um, but no, Dan, I, I think you should download it again. They've still got Plunder. They've still got uh, Rebirth. They've got... Plunder! Plunder! What? <laughs> oh, I used to do that with Mike. I thought it didn't do it with you. No. No, no, that's, no. That's ACDC's Thunder, but you say Plunder instead, Eric. I'll get it. Okay, you'll have to listen to the song, then you'll get it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, one of, have you played the new Matrix Awakens experience? I have. Huh? I have. Oh, sorry, you completely cut out when you spoke. Oh. Don't know why. Um, yeah, so I downloaded this. And uh, and bitched about downloaded it, it, giving it one out of five stars before it was ready. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh, I downloaded it, and it is... Yeah, it's just a bunch, of, a bunch of Matrix letters coming down the screen with a timer, like in a couple of brightness settings. I'm like, why do I want this? Rubbish. One out of five stars. One out of five stars, yeah. But um, yeah, it was... The experience was actually downloadable in advance because they wanted you to download it for syncing up with the Game Awards. Uh, where it would become available. And this is basically a technical showcase of what Unreal Engine 5 can do using the Matrix IP. And my God, it is incredible. It is. I don't think I've ever seen a game look this good. It's stupid. Like, it's genuinely just ridiculous how good like, this looks. I, I could not discern between what was rendered in-game and what was apparently film footage. Apparently, it's all rendered in game i think keanu reeves at the very beginning is is real and then it flips over when he looks into the mirror yeah but they did like kind of you know the shot from the start of the matrix where he's like asleep at the computer and stuff like that they recreated that yeah 
with incredible visual fidelity inside Unreal Engine 5, running in real time on a Series X yep. or a PS5. Yep. Series S as well, actually. Um, incredible. Absolutely incredible. Like, I... Well, PS5, for me, it's been quite a hefty jump in quality and stuff because I didn't have the PS4 Pro. But this was kind of where I went, wow, that's how good games can potentially look. Yep. That is incredible. Like... I there was one bit there's a chase sequence in a car and I genuinely thought I was watching like a cinematic and then it went right ease control yep and have fun and then just get to shoot out car tires and I, yeah absolutely mind blowing if you've got one of the next gen consoles you need to download this well what's even cooler is when you're done with that then they just drop you into this city that they've created and say walk around explore fly around look at stuff you can turn filters on and off and like look at the the texturing the collision the polygons basically the overlay uh you can change graphical quality on stuff but just to see if this is just a technical demo that i don't want to say they rushed it but like it's just a very fine vertical slice of what a game could look like imagine what insomniac could do with something like this or rockstar could do making a huge open world game with this type of tech so the skyscrapers you could fly up and look in the window and i don't want to say each window is individually rendered with something different inside but it's very few and far between where things are copied but it's like there's stuff in there i can see that there's life there's there's shit happening um it was really cool really cool experience it was it was really cool and I didn't. I went into it not really expecting a whole lot from it, and by the time I got to the city exploration element, I was like, "That was incredible." Yeah, I had to play it a like, second time though because I had Christy and the kids watch it with me, and then uh, Scott was still over, so I, I got to play it again. It's wild. I want to see a Just Cause game look like that. <laughs> oh wow! Could you that imagine? Would be good. Yeah, like you say, though, if Rockstar got their hands on it and built. GTA 6 on, my concern on with stuff 5. like that though is that yes it looks great but how complex is it what is that going to do in terms of development time uh what's that going to do well as far as far as i understand the new unreal engine 5 is meant to be used easy to use that's why you get those toggles where you can adjust the kind of the city's um, density and the population and stuff like that apparently all that's like just in real time you can just toggle them on and off I mean, in terms of developing it, though, like creating the game, and mm. I think we're just going to start to run into this issue, at least for a little while until they iron it out, is games get bigger, they get more complex, they have more issues. Look at Bethesda. We start increasing the the tech that goes into it. I'm just afraid that we're going to have this huge issue of just games not being ready. Look at CD Projekt Red with Cyberpunk. Yeah. I mean... Eric, Bethesda will fight for their creation engine even when they're dead. Like they would have to, you would have to prize it out of their cold dead hands. Right. The creation engine will stay with them forevermore, despite being probably the jankiest engine out there. I love how they've just adopted that uh, that humor against themselves, where they understand how broken stuff is. They just port Skyrim to certain things. Like they had that ad at the video game awards. With I didn't see that one with. Uh, I don't remember who it was, but it was, was it Pete Hines? I don't remember, but he was just, he's like a lawn care advertisement. He was just talking about stuff and just doing stupid shit, like trying to rake his lawn with a pool net and just, you'll have to watch it back. I don't remember the specifics of it. I was, I was listening to it as I was driving and then went back and watched that. 
I read I read an article a couple of months ago. Apparently, one of the massive bugs in Skyrim initially was caused by a bee. I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so this lone bee apparently caused the game to completely destroy itself. Oh. I, I remember one of my favorite Skyrim memories is when you just hoarded all of the shit you could find oh. and put it in the mage tower and then like literally it was a sea of all of the miscellaneous items you could find in the game and he just dumped it all in this room and then he fusrodared it and it just completely broke the entire thing it was hilarious totally it was things up. going everywhere the frame rate dropped completely it just went nuts <laughs> it was so funny uh, or the time where uh, I crashed Oblivion. Do you remember the item duplication glitch where you use a ring and a bow and arrow? So if you had like 999 rings and then you could pull the bow and then as soon as you fired, if you pause and switch to the rings or whatever item you want, it'll duplicate that with however many arrows you had. So I would go, oh, yeah, I'd go into these shops I'd go into these shops and then I would just duplicate a thousand watermelons and watch it go blah, 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 just fill up the ceiling and then freeze. <laughs> I love those types of things. I you remember the well. It's like a well-known thing in Skyrim now, where you can um, you can take a bucket and you can put it over an NPC's head, and then you can steal from them because they can't see anymore. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, so funny! It'll be fun to see uh, what they do with Unreal Engine Five. Mm. So, um, yeah, give that a shout. Speaking of the Series X, I did pick one up finally. We talked a little bit about this on Retro, but I am three, four weeks into owning it now. Finally took the plunge, was able to find one, and have just accepted that it's going to be a Game Pass machine. I got it through Game Pass All Access, or, uh, Xbox All Access, where it comes with two years of Game Pass, in, not included, but you pay for it up front. And so far, so good. I mean, I, I'm using it to play any first-party titles that come out so i'm really going to try to focus on that if if a game comes out on ps5 but it's also on game pass i'm just going to play it on game pass uh save a little money but i've been i've been pleased with it so far i'm i'm still getting over the the heartache of how big game files are and data caps and all of that so i have yeah absolutely blown the tits off my data cap this month thankfully i've got a a courtesy credit for (laughs) this month and uh, it says, yeah, if you go over your data cap for the month, we'll just waive that. So I'm like, I'm going to abuse the living hell out of that this month. <laughs> downloaded Warzone on two consoles, downloaded uh, Halo Infinite. I'm going to get the Master Chief Collection, Forza Horizon 5. Just I, I just don't understand why you have data caps. There are that. some ISPs that do and some that don't. And the ISP here didn't used to. And then just randomly a couple years ago, they're like, yeah, we're going to reinstate data caps. So can you not get a different ISP in your house? I can, but the only one here locally that has high-speed uh, cable is this one. The other one is DSL, and I would die before I try to game on DSL again. Fair enough. Yeah. That's not very good. No, but fortunately, where we're going back home, that internet provider does not have data caps. Oh, so what is what is the latest on going back to Wisconsin? Yeah, so coming in May, uh, that's that's the goal. I have transitioned into my new role quite handily. Things are starting to settle in. The Christmas rush, once that's over, birthday weekend is past. Then kind of comes the 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 sprint. 
downsizing, condensing, organizing, figuring out what the hell we're going to do. But the goal as of now is Christy is done with teaching middle to end of May. Kids are done towards the end of May and pack up. And I want to be, I want to be on the road and back in Wisconsin by early June. But we, you know, have you find somewhere to live soon first. I know we have to try to sell our house here and then buy a house back there. I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah, tent will do. It'll be warm in July. Yeah, just live, live in a tent by the river. It'll be great. It's cheap. <laughs> yeah. No, we've got plenty of family and stuff back there. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be, it'll be good fun. Then I don't need to get up as early to do these podcasts. Yeah. What's the difference? Uh, depends on the time of year. Right now, it's only an hour difference. But when you guys all spring forward, it's two hours. That's all right. So it'll be all right. He might be actually able to function for once. I won't, he says while he's nearly dying of a yawn. I won't need as much coffee. <laughs> Just the uh, 16 gallons a day rather than the 20. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. No, no it's, it sucks. I mean, it's starting to hit you like, man, we are going to be leaving. And uh, the lovely winters. But it's time. <laughs> We're ready. Need to go. I think it'll be good for you. I think it I do too. Uh, what, I do too. What have What else have you been playing? I've got a few things on my list here, but um. So I went on a massive. Well, speaking of Bethesda, funnily enough, Fallout Four kick. Yeah, you do this weird thing every December where you just like unearth old random games. Yeah, I get. I it always happens, Eric. Right, I get to about end of November, and I'm like, I don't want to play on anything that I own. Even though I have a ridiculous amount of video games in various different places. And I look at them all and I'm like, I don't want to play that. Yeah. And I don't want to play that. And then I was like, right, I'll try Fallout 4. So I popped it in and I played it for about an hour. And then I don't know if you remember about Fallout 4. Part of the problem is that at the start, it's really difficult. Yes, very. Because you have nothing. And I played about an hour and I got really sick of it. And then I went and tried something else, finished that. I think that was Death's Door, actually. Finish that. that. Then I came... Uh, it's this new game. It's all right. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I went back to Fallout 4, and then next thing I knew, like, 40 hours had passed. <laughs> Bought the DLC and everything. Because I've never played the DLC before, either. Jesus. Hey, it's all right. You were telling me about that on the retro show, where one of them's that Coca-Cola-themed world, or Nuka-Cola. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I just kind of it it ends disappointingly, but uh, it was all right. I just can't get into the Fallout franchise as as much as I do the Elder Scrolls stuff. Just can't. Do I know it. you said on retro, but I I really love it. The world building is like excellent. Like just exploring and seeing how the world went to shit after all the bombs fell and all the screwed up things that happen. And yeah. so interesting. I don't know. That's probably one I won't go back to if I'm if I'm being honest. Yeah, um, I mean, like like I say, it just kind of consumed my life for a long time, and then I was, I got to a point where I was like, yeah, I'm kind of a bit sick now. One of my biggest problems with Bethesda's open world games is I always feel like I explore places, and then you don't get a good reward for it. Right. Like I end up using the same weapon for ages. Yep. Because nothing is better than it. Yeah, and. That gets frustrating because there's really no incentive then to actually go explore. 
yeah, uh, I think that's the point that I got to. I had a really ridiculously overpowered uh, weapon that I was using and I just couldn't get anything else. So I'm like, I ca- it kind of loses the appeal for me a bit. Yeah. I'm kind of that way with any game, though, as I find a weapon that I like and I just stick with it despite new stuff. Yeah, or in the case of Horizon Zero Dawn, not realize that you can upgrade them and struggle through the rest of the game. Listen, they should have been more clear about it. I can't talk. I played through Parasite Eve realizing you couldn't level up. <laughs> I do remember. <laughs> God, we're dumb. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know how, but I did. God, that revelation on that show was just great. You can what? <laughs> yes, sir. You can level up. Who knew? Who knew? Everybody else apart from me, we apparently. Did. Um, we did. But other than uh, Fallout 4, I've been playing through Bloodborne again. Oh, gas gone. Father. Father, gas gone. Father, the gas is gone. It's all gone. <laughs> I completely ruined that boss for me as soon as he popped up. He's such an intimidating boss, too. Like, he's so cool. And we just yeah. ruined it. Mm-hmm. I can almost hear Zach Foley squealing with delight that I've been playing Bloodborne again. I, I should try to, not try, but like I should play that again. I only, that's one of the only Souls games I've, aside from Dark Souls 2, only ever did one playthrough of. Oh my God, really? Mm-hmm. Mm. You probably missed quite a bit, you know. I probably did. Oh. I probably did. Like, like on this playthrough, there's been a couple of places I've never seen before and I've done two playthroughs before. Are we going to entertain the idea of doing Dark Souls for the retro show now that it's eligible? I mean, I'm up for it. It's like a 40-hour game. Yeah, but it's good. I didn't say it wasn't, but listen. Hear me out. Look, I finish a 40-hour game within a 10-hour period, son. That's fine for me. Yeah, but I play 40 hours of Warzone in a 10-hour period. So, you know... How do I handle that? Hey, you don't. <laughs> um, uh, you need to stop playing. But so no, hear me out. We can't do it in January because Elden Ring comes out. Oh, oh yeah, we can't play it then. That's oh, going to consume my life. So no, it's going to be so good. I'm all in. Did you Elden see Ring. that the collector's editions from the Bandai Namco? Oh no, Elden Elden Ring's out in Feb. I thought it was January. They pushed it back. Uh, like three three or four week delay? Oh, shit, son. Mm. Maybe we should do it for January. Really just blow the tits off the beginning of the year. <laughs> but I got all my new games at Christmas. You're right. Let's not do anything big. <laughs> Let's not do anything big. Well, we've got on Retroll, we've got uh, Game of the Year coming up, yep. which is we don't play any games anyway. And then we've got a side quest after that, which we'll just be kind of talking about. The, the new fantasy league for the year. God, let's segue from games for a second. I shit the bed on that fantasy league hard. Like You certainly I did, started sir. strong, well and for like 10 months solid, I was projected to win. And then through a series of very bad game releases, I took a solid last place. <laughs> like, solid. And amazingly, since the fact that I didn't really understand it at the start, I've came second. <laughs> Apparently, I can't log in anymore. Me either. I'm trying. My password is not working. Yeah. Weird. And now the page just crashed. I'm not interested enough to figure that out. Dan. Hello. 
Have you seen Halo? I have seen Halo. Oh my god. Let me tell you about Halo Infinite. I haven't played any of the multiplayer since the first night that I popped it on. It's, the Halo multiplayer doesn't do it for me anymore. Plus it was it was uh, messing with my flow on Warzone. But this multiplayer or this uh campaign is amazing. You were on the fence about getting an Xbox to use as a Game Pass machine. Like I think this game is up every one of your shoots. They've kind of taken the thing, the thing is with that, right? I kind of I I don't know if I want a Series S or not. What I kind you? of want the X. See? See? They're like gold dust. Y- you what? They're like gold dust at the moment. You can't find them anywhere. They are. Uh um I've kind of I've got a bit of dollar do saved up, you know. I could potentially buy a, an X if they became readily available. You just got to you got to do the stack the stock trackers and all that try to find one through all access i have but then it's even more expensive yeah but you're going to be paying for game pass anyway but is it not inflated the price no you get a discount oh i think like Let's if, have a little look. if you add it up you save like 30 or 60 dollars over the course of the two years don't use dollars i'm from the uk uh farthings Het doubloons. Het doubloons. Six cock hoe feathers. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good currency. I like it. Yeah. The cock's hoe wampum. Xbox All Access twenty eight ninety nine a month. See, look at that. You can afford that. You can afford that. Is that for the Series X or S? X. See, there you I go. Want, I just want to pay for it outright. I don't like how you can. Can you? Yeah, as soon as I bought mine, I went on to the, the website and just went, eh, pay off. Hmm. But anyway, Halo. They've taken the old format of... Halo traditionally has been very linear. They've taken that. They kept what made all of that fantastic. The the gunplay, the gun battles, the grunts, the different characters, the the weapons. And they shoved it into an open world model that works very well and this just talks to you and everything you love about games where you open up the map and there's just shit to do everywhere so the main story missions are obviously outlined but then there are these things called forward operating bases that you can go and take over and the banished have taken over these operating bases you kill all of them the space becomes yours it's a place where you can go and call in vehicles you can recruit marines but then when you take them over, anything within that area that's a point of interest becomes available on your map. So like a Spartan Corps, propaganda towers, or there could be a squad of Marines that you need to go and rescue. Those all pop up on the map. So it kind of just becomes this process of like, I'm going to go take over the forward operating base. And then this circle enlarges where it's like, here's all this stuff within this area I'm going to go and do. And then in the process of doing that, you discover another base and then more shit to do. And the next thing you know, you're three hours in and haven't touched the story. That's how these things go. It's such an interesting new approach to Halo, though. I never thought Halo would go that route. They've always been quite linear. It's been very linear. And the things that they've added to this are really cool. The grappling hook, the proximity sensors, the jetpack boosters. The grappling hook is a game changer as just on its own. Um, very, very large map. A lot of, uh, as Mike would put it, verticality. And put your teeth in, man. 
you can use these Spartan cores to upgrade certain things. Like you can give your grappling hook a a shocking mechanism where it stuns the enemy and then pulls you towards them and you can knock them out. But what's really cool about it is just the organic nature in which the firefights occur. You'll just be walking around the world and then off in the distance, this firefight will start happening. So it's not like these pre-scripted locations where there's enemies. Uh, you could be walking or driving down the road and then these dropship pods will crash next to you and enemies will pop out and then a dropship will come and drop people around you. So they just organically happen in random spots. There's also high value targets. So banished or or grunt mini bosses that are extremely difficult to take out. So if you do that, then you can get an upgraded version of a new weapon or something like that. But it's very, very good. Um, very cinematic and the one thing that I don't know if I necessarily like is that they rely really heavily on the lore from the Halo Wars games, not as much from the main franchise. It, it's still pretty storied within that, but a lot of the references have to do specifically with stuff that took place within the canon of Halo Wars. It's like, I haven't played those. That sounds really good to me. It's so I mean, good. I just wish I had something to play it on. It's so good. Yeah, I, I had a I had a quick look at the Series X over here, and with the Xbox All Access, whatever it is. I mean, the console by itself is four fifty, and then with All Access over two years, you end up paying nearly seven hundred pound, which is really expensive. Yeah, but how much is Game Pass Ultimate on its own? Well, what do you get on Game Pass Ultimate? Xbox Live, Xbox Game Pass, and then Game Pass for PC. Uh-huh. Let's see, I don't think I'd need Xbox Live or Game Pass for PC. Xbox Live? You don't want to play anything online ever? Not really. Well, whatever. Nah, I'll wait. I'll wait. But I do, I, they are, like, going forward, I'm probably going to have to get something because I want to play Bethesda's games. And Yeah, that's the thing. That comes to, that's, yeah. that's the thing. Plus, I've, I use it as an indie machine too because a lot of the really Mm. strong indie games come out like one of the games i played recently that's probably going to be a pretty big contender for one of my games of the year is a game called unpacking and it's just a little zen meditating story driven game where you just unpack boxes and organize stuff around a house there's no some irony there's some irony there with you right there's no story or there's, there's like no actual story. There's no dialogue. There's no characters. You just learn about this person's life through the shit that, that you're unpacking and in the locations in which you're unpacking it. It doesn't sound like my kind of game, but it's uh, definitely not a Dan Curtis game. But I, I could foresee myself if I did have an Xbox and game pass playing those kind of games that I've missed. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I might just get a Series S. That'll do me. I honestly think you'd probably be fine with the Series S. Mm, I do too. I think you would, especially if it's easier to get. And if you if you don't plan on purchasing anything physical for it, then what's the point? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I might, the PS5 is fine for me with for the first party, like kind of exciting, big, bombastic games and stuff. But if they're, if they're on Game Pass, then I'll just play them on that. Yeah. Save a little money. Mm-hmm. Save a little bit of dollars. Save some dollars. Um, what else has been happening? Death's- so we want to talk about Death's Door. I don't know what that is, so sure. 
Um, I don't either. <laughs> I'll let, um, I'll let no, you talk. No, we do, we do know what Death's Door is. Uh, so Death's Door is kind of, uh, kind of came out of nowhere for me. Uh, like a kind of top-down, Dark Souls-y, Zelda-y game where you play as a little crow. Little crow. And you go, and you go around and you're meant to collect the souls of people and monsters. And I didn't expect to like this game anywhere near as much as I did. To talk about charming, what a lovely art style. and Oh, yeah. And a beautiful world to explore full of secrets. And, oh, it's lovely. Lovely stuff. It is. It blends the best parts of Dark Souls and eliminates the frustrating aspects of it. Yes, uh, if you die, you don't lose all your like um, souls and stuff like that. You just keep. You just keep them. So you can you can kind of die and then keep just building up your um, abilities. It is a little obtuse sometimes in figuring out where to go, what to do, how to do it. But that's kind of the charm of it. It's also not super long either. How far have you got? I am almost to the second boss. How are you only there? Warzone. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Warzone. I have a problem. Play a Death Star. It's lovely. I will. I love the music in it too. Love it. Oh yeah. I was found myself um, humming one of the main themes for days afterwards. There hasn't been a game since um, Sayonara Wild Hearts that did that to me. I still need to play through that. I've only played it on Apple Arcade on my iPhone. Lovely game that. Lovely uh, game that. I highly recommend. Lovely. That's lovely. Um, oh. Yeah, so. Oh. Oh. This may be more related for retro, but I was finally able to secure a pre-order for an analog pocket. Okay. Please tell me you know what an analog pocket is. It's that little retro machine thing. Retro. Yes. They announced this like three years ago. And if you're unfamiliar with Analog, they are a company that does premium hardware for recreating um, or being able to utilize old old cartridges on modern equipment. Anything they touch is, is anything they touch is just gold. It's incredible, like the Analog NT. So when they announced that they were going to be doing a pocket everybody lost their mind like this is going to be the coolest fucking thing ever and they're like well pre-orders coming soon the beginning of this year they went okay pre-orders are live and they sold out instantly i was on the site like half an hour before the pre-orders opened i wasn't able to get one a few people within the community were able to but i was not and i was salty people were trying to sell their pre-orders online for like 12 1300 bucks like i'm just not gonna pay that so you know i guess i'm just kind of shit out of luck and then just randomly they decided, you know what? We want everyone who wants a pocket to have one. So we're going to do more pre-orders and then we're going to do a staged deployment. So Q1 of next year, Q3 of next year, and then sometime in 2023. So I cleared out my calendar, logged in, and just started hammering the refresh button. And I got my my pre-order in within 15 seconds of the... Uh, pre-orders going up so it's like me when i got the ps5 i think i was on i was on amazon that morning just pressing refresh over and over again (laughs) don't i've ever bought something so quickly in my life so i'm hoping i'm in q1 of this coming year but 
all of the reviews of this thing are just unreal because it doesn't use emulation. It, it The Digital Foundry video of it will explain it way better than I'll ever be able to, but it uses physical cartridges and it recreates them in a way that no other console has actually been able to. And it, the, watch that video. It goes into extreme depth about pixel recreation and all of that, but um, it's an unreal console. It, it, natively, it works with Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance. You can buy adapter cartridges. The only other one that was available for now was the Game Gear, but then they'll have Neo Geo, Turbo Graphics, and a couple, a couple others. So it's not cheap. Holy buckets, it's not cheap. But man, is so it, it... So it doesn't take ROMs? I don't think so. Well, for the moment, I'm sure somebody will hack it. Oh, Game Gear, Neo Geo Pocket, Atari Lynx, Turbo Graphics. Those are the adapters that are going to be coming down the pipe. And I bought a dock for it so you can connect it to your TV and play all that stuff on the TV. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, that's nifty. Plus, they just look cool. They just look freaking cool. Just the, if you did connect it to the TV, would it allow you to stretch the aspect ratio so you can fill up your TV? Because I think it actually self-destructs if you try to do that. <laughs> uh, it's not for me then. Yeah. Yeah, I want to take this yeah. uh, little square and stretch it into a rectangle. Mm. Yeah, I I think it looks pretty cool though. Oh, it looks really cool. I'm pumped. You better use it. Oh, I will. I bought the hard case for it, the tempered glass, all that fun stuff. So it'll be, it'll get used and then put on a shelf. Where it will remain forevermore. Forever. Um, so this was in a really interesting story, Eric. Final Fantasy XIV it got so popular with the release of its new expansion, Endwalker, that they pulled it from sale because they can't cope with the influx of new players anymore. It's, this game never ceases to amaze me. It went from being one of the worst games ever released to a game that usurped WoW. Yeah, it's it's insane. They could have... When they released Final Fantasy XIV, it was absolute shit. It was Everybody trash. hated it. And then they re- they went, okay, we, we understand that. They could have just held their hands up and went, right, Final Fantasy XIV's a write-off. But they didn't do that. They went back to the drawing board. They released A Realm Reborn, completely revamped the game. People loved it. And then ever since, it's just growing and growing and growing. It's nuts. Until It still doesn't change the fact that MMOs are not for me. No, me either. I, I've actually tried fourteen before and I played in about an hour and I was like, nah. I just couldn't get into it. Maybe if I had a group of friends that played it, we we had time to play it together and kind of had our, our community built around that, but I just don't have the time for it. Too much Warzone. Yeah, especially, especially with that Warzone. I was, like, was going to say. Yeah, too much Warzone. But yeah. I, I don't know. I really like that. I love how that game is still being supported and how people are still being able to play it. Um, it's still drawing in tons of new people. Is it still a subscription model or is it free to play now? No, I think it's still a subscription model. Okay. Because it's that popular, so they've just kept it going. God, millions a day, just raking it mm. in. Now that makes me think I'm missing out on something, but I just can't get away with MMOs. No, you're not missing out. I just can't get on with them either. Mm. Um. Anything else been happening? Uh, good old snake oil merchant Peter Molyneux is back God. with his... Uh, 
and in tri- typical fashion for him, he's came straight out of the gate with an NFT game. That dude, is, just is you know what, man? Like, just go away. Yeah, just go do something else. We don't want you no more. Go away. I don't know anything about this other. Uh, I, generally, when I see a news article that starts with Peter Molyneux, I just skip it. Skip. Skip. Um, as far as I understand, he's, his new game is going to be built entirely around NFTs, which non-fungible token non-fungible is what that stands for. Non-fungible token. To be quite honest, I don't understand what the hell they are, but I know they sound awful. Um, so NFTs, are, as far as I understand, is kind of a company selling you something in the digital landscape and then you owning it. Yes. That sounds horrible for gaming. That is going to completely riddle games with people buying digital space and owning that space. And then you can shout on your sit on your lawn and an Ubisoft game and shout at somebody and say, get off my land. Yeah, I, there's so much shit happening that I just don't know if I'm ready for or even care about. Like this whole transition with with the metaverse and selling digital plots of land like it's just going to turn into um ready player one yeah a hundred percent and i still quite like going outside occasionally i just want to go outside and i just want to sit on my couch and play warzone at night like that's just what i want but i could see it's been a really bad new model for games apparently ubisoft's all in and in on it already and then Apparently, so it's like kind of if you bought a cosmetic in an Ubisoft game, in theory, you should be able to own that and use it in other games. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't. Microtransactions were bad enough as it was, but this could just take us to a whole new realm. Yeah. But we got some other Uh, neat stuff out of uh, the Game Awards show. Big shock. It Takes Two took Game of the Year. Over Ratchet and Clank, Deathloop. You know what, Eric? A hundred percent deserved because it takes two is so good. Yep. Um, I played it with Mike in loads of different bits this year. If I think if I just played it all the way through at once, it would have been incredible. It's I've been, so good. It's I've, I've never played anything like it. I've been trying to play through it with with Christy. Um, she's not much of a gamer, but we both really enjoy it. But like from a personal perspective like it's a tough game to play yeah uh, mike played it through with hazel and she's not much of a gamer either and every time we were playing through it together mike was going i can't believe how much quicker we got through this section oh yeah i can imagine because Uh, obviously not hazel not being a gamer she struggled much more than i did i'm sure we'll talk a lot more about game awards stuff when we do our game of the year show in a couple weeks but the last really important thing is splinter cell remake yeah, finally. This has been rumoured for years. And in typical Ubisoft fashion, they just did downplayed it and said, yeah, we're making it. Didn't show anything. I mean, I'm fine with that. I'd much rather a company go like, hey, this is coming, instead of like tout it and try to promise a whole bunch of stuff. So Yeah, I mean, the hype, the hype machine around gaming is a bad thing. It really is. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of what we've got for you today. We've... We're kind of closing out a little bit early here. We've got holiday season coming up. Um, we've got some 
we got some news that we're going to be announcing, uh, kind of addressing some of the, not necessarily changes, but just the big break, the hiatus, some of the alterations that we're going to be making moving forward. But do know that coming back into the beginning of the year, we're, we're getting ourselves back on track with the retro show, with this. Um, I think we just needed a break for a little while to kind of recenter, refocus, and then uh, get some new games in our system. Yes, we did. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting back in the saddle though and playing some good old retro titles again. Oh man, we put a post up on the community with just like, hey, what are some suggestions? It just exploded, like 150 plus comments on it. And we need to sift through there and really look because there's some great suggestions. We only get 12 12 games to pick, but I really want to make sure that we pick games that we're going to enjoy playing. Yeah, and uh, I'm not playing Dot Hack 2. This episode of Factory Sealed is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon sponsors with an extra special thank you to Zach Foley, Santos Lopez, Sarah Irvine, Samuel Chun, Jeremy Lucas, Miles Prower, John Weaver, Jordan Lawfrey, Stephanie, Richard Cutras, Thomas McGrew, Phil Gartside, Jason McGill, Haitani, Wes Rainey, Sholto, Mark Haddock, Colin Neblo, Juliet Breslin Romano, Gus Robin, Hesley Hattie, Aaron Lanning, Brandon Meyer, Greg Plummer, Johan Vickerborn, and Robert True. 